Friday Francisco looked young, because he was young. But even if he had looked older, his slack-jawed staring in awe at the two gigantic sliding doors before him would have given it away. The words Evangenia Jemison Docking Bay, let edge take you to the future, were stenciled above them. He stared up at it in sheer awe and said softly, I finally get to go out to the stars. Large humming electrical wires snap him out of his reverie, just in time to see a smaller, normal-sized door sliding open within one of the larger doors. Friday Francisco? A large Lashunta bellows, straight and stiff as a board, his chest puffed out, trying to present an appearance of authority bigger than he actually has. Each step he takes echoes in the empty space. Yes, sir. Friday, nice to meet you. Friday reaches his hand out to shake hands, only for the agent to immediately turn around and start walking away. Friday quickly follows behind. You're the agent I was supposed to get my Orion. You are expected to log your progress every day. First at 0800 hours, and then again at the end, 1900 hours. Except you log in at 0730, following a business holiday. Unless it is at the start of your work week in which you log in at 0800 hours. You are expected to work while on lunch. Whenever you have worked beyond your allotted time, you must still end your log at 1900 hours regardless. Wait, how do I eat? Log in late and you will be docked appropriately. Friday looks around and sees utter chaos. Pilots running around grabbing tools, cargo crates being unloaded and reloaded. Two mechanics running into each other and falling to the ground. A dwarf runs up to Friday. Here's your corporate-issued emergency first aid kit. Any uses of the kit will automatically be deducted at the end of a pay cycle. The Lashunta agent keeps moving and talking, ignoring everything happening around him. Incoming cargo needs a manifest. Outgoing cargo, provide a manifest. Move any cargo without a manifest, and you will be docked appropriately. A tall, muscular elf runs up to Friday. This is your first manifest. Take this cargo to Casterville. Right away. Handle with care. It only bites a little. The elf runs away as Friday tries to juggle all of the new information, equipment, and documents he's been given. Nonetheless, the agent keeps going. Personal-sized cargo gets a green manifest. medium size a yellow manifest. large size a maroon manifest. Gigantic gets the orange manifest. Obviously. A silver dragonkin walks up. This is your fuel pass. Better hurry before the line gets too long. Wrong color manifest and you'll be docked appropriately. 8202099 Foxtrot Whiskey Papa, that is your employee number. It will not be repeated. Without your employee number, you cannot access your benefits or transfer your pay credits. A Kasatha in an orange jumpsuit runs forward. You are exiting through the gate 32. If the gate doesn't open, go to gate 19 instead. And despite everything, the agent continues to move on. Enter drift messaging code is 37. Interest station messaging code is 3733. Outside messaging is 33-37. Send a message using the wrong code and you will be docked appropriately. This has been your orientation. Is there anything you do not understand? Is there anything you understand only partially? If you have not been fully oriented, if there is something you do not understand in all of its particulars, you must file a complaint with species resources. File a faulty complaint and you will be docked appropriately. The orientation agent walks away without a word. Friday looks up to see his very own starship. Well, at least the closest thing he will ever get. She's not much to look at, but she will get you places. Friday looks towards the voice, only to see a human woman not that much older than himself. 
Up close, beneath the mechanic's overalls and the grease smudges on her face, he was instantly taken aback by her beauty. She was small but sturdy, with fine, high cheekbones and skin the warm ochre of ripe pears. Howdy, my name is Avarice. I am your mechanic when Dr. Absalom's station. Oh, where are my manners? The name is Friday Francisco. It's a pleasure to meet you. Friday tips his hat towards her and turns away for a second in an attempt to suppress the stupid smile he could feel forming at the corners of his mouth. He smoothly reaches up, running his hands along the hull of the ship, hoping it deflects from his awkwardness for a moment. As the reality of the situation hits him, he whispers under his breath, I've loved the stars too fondly to be fearful of the night. What did you say? What? Uh, nothing. Just a quote from a book my mama used to read me when I was a kid. What? What's this beauty's name? <laughs> the ship? Oh, it has a very fantastical name. BD-514. It conjures up wonderful ideas of it. adventure in the vastness of space, doesn't it? Avarice's eyes felt like they flickered like dragon lights, pulling him in and bringing memories of catching them with his hands when he was young. The mixture of nostalgia and entrancement wants him to continue to be drawn in by them, but he also has a mighty urge to run. Quickly, he shakes it off. Yeah, the adventure of Friday and BD-514, that's a comic halo waiting to happen. I wish I could change your name. Well, you might be in luck. I was just finalizing the inspection of this ship. I may be able to change the name. Technically, it's against regulations, but I might be able to do it. For a price. Avarice looks up at him mischievously. Friday is initially caught off guard, but the smile he tried so hard to suppress comes out like a Cheshire cat. Well, if the price is dinner, the next time I'm back at the station, I would be happy to oblige. Avarice smiles back with a grin that seems to be egging Friday's smile to get bigger. I guess that would work. Okay, what will the name be? Friday stares up at his new ship, his new home for who knows how long. I think I will name her Calamity. Calamity? Boy, are you trying to doom yourself before you get out of the gate? Don't you want to do something grand like Stargazer or Defiant? Friday laughed. Avarice thought she caught a brief glimpse of sadness in his eyes, but quickly dismissed it. Nothing as disastrous as that. My sister and I, when we were young, used to go out exploring the adventures we would have. My mom used to call us her little calamities because we would always get in a whole heap of trouble. I drove her crazy, but we always used to stay out of trouble just enough to keep her from tanning our hides. Avarice smiled and spent a few more minutes punching away at her keypad. A small digital plate on the ship that just said BD-514 went blank, and a moment later, Calamity glowed in its place. All set? You better go, or you'll be docked appropriately. She puffed out her chest and walked around stiff as a board, pretending to act like the blowhard agent. Friday laughed, tipped his hat, and boarded the ship. But it was no longer just a ship. It was his home. I'm actually really excited that I finally get to attack you with something and you can't run away from me.
Does that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can't drive real fast? No. Nope. There is no <laughs> amount of driving real fast that you will be able to do to shake these things off your ship. You have to get on the hull and fight them. Miss Fanny, pull out Bessie and just drive along, along the hole and we'll just run over them all. <laughs> drive them over on top of the ship. No. <laughs> no, the vehicle does not have mag levitation. Cannot drive along the hull. That is a that is a terrestrial vehicle only. Oh, God. <sighs> that vehicle is not zoned for space use. Yes. <laughs> It is not. Z- you know what? In fact, I bet you anything Edgecorp has that printed on the side of it somewhere. <laughs> In 30 Do lang- not use 30 languages. By the way, we need artwork of Bessie now. Bessie is the signature weapon of his crew so far. <laughs> <laughs> Bessie running over some goblins. That's a definitely a commission. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bessie driving away from showpod enforcers. Well, a smoke grenade is rolling their way. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, mild spoiler alert, Bessie Bessie is going to be a very uh, major logistical factor coming up about two planets from now. So oh, no. maybe maybe Bessie should get, maybe Bessie should get her own character artwork. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. We thought the ship was going to be the character, but really the it's the truck. It's, it's really, it's really your little cargo character. loader. <laughs> Not zoned for space use. Yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to get out there and fight these drift leeches yourself. Which, uh, you know, just kind of quickly quickly recap what happened last time. You were flying through the drift. Everything was, you know, relatively relatively normal. It's gonna take you about five days to get to Absalom Station from Akiton. Uh, you might make it in time. Before Edgecorp even notices that you haven't turned in their share of the profits yet. It's a possibility. <laughs> you did make it to Akatone in record time, after all. So you're nervous, but not completely without hope on your journey back. You found out some things about Saren and Ballad. Confessions were made. Some backstories were revealed. But there wasn't really a whole lot of time to reckon with that or process it properly because right around the time you were all really kind of starting to unpack a lot of it, there's random power fluctuations started happening around the ship. Screens flickering on and off. The lights flicking on and off. And Ballad, being an android with no need of air or warmth for survival, launched herself out of the airlock, tethered right to the ship, you tied like something you around your waist, right? Yeah, I made very uh, clear point of ensuring that I did that. <laughs> yes, that uh. that was smart. <laughs> and you left without your sweater, which upsets Miss Fanny. Wow. <laughs> it had to be done. <laughs> Tethered to the outside of the ship, floating out there in space, staring at these small wriggling creatures that have attached themselves to the hull and are appearing to be draining energy from the ship and they described all of this to Saren I believe Saren you were the one that made the mm-hmm. life sciences check yes yes yeah described all of this to Saren who was able to recall just from having traveled in the drift countless times before that these things are called drift leeches and they just 
keep draining ships until they're essentially dead in the water and that exiting the drift isn't going to shake them off, which means that uh, the four of you are going to have to get out on the hull and pry them off yourself. Which is exciting stuff. So, Ballad, you've mentioned before that you can survive in zero G even without armor, right? Um, what mm-hmm. are the what are the parameters of that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that it said I don't need anything in the vacuum of space because I'm an android. <laughs> okay. Well, everybody, get all your suits on. It looks like uh, Ballad's gonna need some assistance. So I've got uh, got some notes here about just zero G in general, uh, what your basic armor should be able to do. As long as all of you are wearing some kind of basic armor, you should be able to navigate space or the drift just fine. Your boots should all have sufficiently strong magnets that can anchor you to the hull in zero G. You also should have environmental protection on your armor for those that need them. We'll also keep you at a stable temperature and keep you supplied with enough oxygen while you're out there. That's a finite resource. It does need to be recharged, but most are made to last for at least a few days. And that is not the kind of situation that you're looking at when getting out onto the hull. So we've established Ballad doesn't even really need an environmental suit for zero G conditions. Friday is a squishy human man, so he would definitely need a suit. I'm curious about our two uh, non-standard life forms, however. Heidi, does a crystal person need an environmental protection suit? Does rock see space? (laughs) (laughs) For the actual rules of the the game, uh, yes. I'm I'm struggling to figure out how the shimmering breathe, whether they have like a functional respiratory system, but they are not listed as not needing to breathe, which means they need to breathe. So I'm just sometimes I just wonder like what the functional difference is between a rock person and a otherwise constructed person like Ballad. Yeah. But I guess that is kind of the difference is that you're a organic being of sorts. Like, I suppose if we assume that all planets within the packed worlds and the vast are, uh, have, have a generally oxygen rich environment, any life form developing there would need that oxygen to survive. So somehow I need that. The super weird thing is that androids are made of flesh. I have skin and stuff. I have to eat. However, yeah, yeah, like weirdly, I then don't have any issues out in space. Like I explicitly said that. Is my flesh special? Like maybe because I have nanites constantly zipping around my body, fixing me and stuff. I don't know. That honestly could be it because I also was wondering that because, you know, androids do have to, they do have to eat something. They do need, they do like, you know, create energy via food consumption the way other beings do. Uh, They do have like soft, squishy flesh and soft, squishy parts. But, but I guess it, I don't know, like nanites is as good an explanation as any for why your flesh doesn't necessarily behave the same way a special flesh. Yeah, an actual organic person's <laughs> flesh would. It's I don't know, but that's that's what the book says, so that's how we do it. I'm just I'm just curious, uh, just curious about why. It's fun conversations. <laughs> 
these are the kind of questions that I just really love about sci-fi. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What about Miss Fanny? Uh, Miss Fanny's true form as an astrozoan definitely needs to breathe and needs, you know, environmentals. They can't just walk out into space. Miss Fanny form definitely needs it as well and can't operate in space. However, they're able to do a sealed system item, but it requires reconfiguring their, you know, their body to adapt. So they still need to breathe, but they're able to have better survivability. So if there's like a breach in their suit and it's really by, you know, mimicking or shifting their organs around to a species that can hold their breath for, let's say, a day. I can't remember what the name of the... Is it Solarian? No, that's not it. That's what they can do. Miss um, Fanny's not geared to do that right now, nor would she uh, would she change at the moment just to go, oh, space battle? Sweet. Give me a second to put on my space looks. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, no, that's a, that's, that is an interesting, interesting question. Um, but yeah, they can if they need to, just the same as they need to pop out another two arms in the kitchen, you know, for the after the captain uses every flipping pot and pan just to make some eggs. Um, but that's, that's how they roll. So they, they could potentially just not right now or in the foreseeable future, but uh, maybe add a necessity, like emergency, emergency, life and death. I just wanted to find out where we all were and what we were all thinking about how this actually works. Is there anything you wanted to say about your tall purple man, Dustin, and and how he might be able to survive in zero G without the use of an environmental suit? Uh, I'm pretty sure that if he went out there without environmental suit, you would see him start to explode. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> likely, 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 likely. I, I mean, I know that in typical like normal real life humans that you turn purple when you know you're starting to bruise and stuff like that so i don't know what color he would turn normally just a darker <laughs> darker purple yeah just a darker purple you go from like that lilac purple to the dark purple mm-hmm. yeah. it'd be the color of jess's hair yeah friday you've ordered your crew to get into their environmental suits well actually no sorry that doesn't even make any sense you're already in your environmental suits yeah, yeah. Uh, so you just need to get your helmets. Friday has a second skin, so his environmental suit is actually under all of his clothing. He has a cowboy hat that comes down with glass around it. Oh no! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Fine. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Why not? Let's do it. Gotta have that cowboy hat with him always. Yes, absolutely. Ballad. Since you were already floating around out there. While everybody else was busy getting their helmets on, getting out into the airlock, getting up, uh, what do you want to do first? I will I will let you have the first attack. Well, I'm going to yank on my tether so that I am pulled back because I basically just launched myself out and I <laughs> I was probably at least a few feet out of the ship and not like hanging on to anything. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to use my tether to yank myself back and get to the surf of the ship, latch my little boots on, my little magnet boots. Cute. I'm going to manifest my solar weapon reaching behind my neck so that the black orb of entropy 
forms itself into my really cool chain whip and give this this little leech a whip a whipping okay <laughs> roll for it whip it whip it whip real it good, good. <laughs> oh 16 yeah i mean you know good job that hits oh oh does it cool oh yeah right. oh, it sure does um oh dip oh dip oh, it dip. hits well five points of slashing damage yikes cool <laughs> it wouldn't really make that noise it's made of chain <laughs> also there is no noise there is no noise in the vacuum of space <laughs> i think i said last episode that i like said something out here i don't know how that would work it wouldn't <laughs> We'll retcon it and say that you jammed your helmet on your head or something before you got out there so that you could sure. speak. I'm fine yeah, with all it. I, it's great. We're retconning. I ran past a helmet and just, wait. oh, I should probably slap that on really fast. Otherwise, you won't be able to talk. <laughs> but yeah, regardless, uh, your chain whip silently cuts through the non-air, <laughs> slices this thing, and it pries its mouth off of the hull of the calamity, and it doesn't hiss at you. Because it can't, its wide circular maw of teeth bristles out at you in a very aggressive way. Gross. Let's just do it again just for fun so you can uh, see. Yep. Ew, nasty. Oh, they're so cute. It looks like they're burping. <laughs> like, yeah. All of the space in my brain is currently entirely taken up by the trailer for the Dune remake. Mm. Ooh, yeah. Where they did, they did some giant sandworm stuff at the end of that Ooh. trailer. And I was just like... So exciting. Looks a lot like these. Now that Ballad has made a pretty significant gash in this first drift leech, I want you all to roll initiative. Um. I rolled quite a, a range of initiatives. Friday, what you got? Friday's fit to be tied because he rolled an eight. Ooh. You were doing all the last minute captain checks that a captain's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. A little distracted. Ballad, what she got? Four. Four. Wow. Ooh. Oh, dang. <laughs> Miss Fanny. Tell me you did better. Yeah, roll with a roll of an 11. That came out to a 15 total. Okay. All right. Okay. That's res- that's respectable. That's a respectable initiative. Completely respectable. <laughs> and finally, Saren, what did you get? Uh, Saren rolled a nine on the dice for a 10. Okay. We're in good shape. Oh, man. Well, I'm in good shape. Ballad, avenge us! <laughs> Are you? You rolled a one in there, Abby. <laughs> the only reason you're in relatively good shape is because you had to roll so many. I get I get six of them to control. <laughs> so um, I shouldn't, You know what? The one time you do roll nice, though, I shouldn't take that away from you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Could you just let me have this? <laughs> I also rolled a 19, so just let me just let me have it. I get to have a little fun today. Yay! Go, Abby. It's an exciting time. Well, since Miss Fanny was the highest roller out of all of you with a 15, there are two leeches who get to go first. So the first drift leech is fairly far away from the four of you. This one is hanging out at the forward part of the ship. It's like on this little ridge right over the front window 
of Calamity, right out of sight of where you would have been able to see it without Ballad leaping from the airlock to get an idea of what was going on out here. And it's noticed your presence and uh, isn't a fan. Doesn't uh, doesn't doesn't like that so much. Figures that you're coming to interrupt his tasty, tasty meal of ship juice. But, uh, you know, it's tiny, tiny guy. Doesn't move very far. It's crawling your way ever so threateningly. But that's that's about all it's got for right now. <laughs> so we'll, we'll move on to Driftleaf number two. It's got its sucker mouth attached to the hull of Calamity. And it can feel the vibrations of three more beings crawling out through the airlock onto the hull to join it. It raises its disgusting head and lobs a ball of electric discharge towards the closest being that it can sense, which is Saren. Oh. Oh, no. (laughs) How does a 13 do against your EAC? That is going to be a hit. No. Yeah. That's three energy damage, my friend. And will you actually roll me an additional mm, D4? Worth of energy damage. What? What? Oh no! Really? No. Why? <laughs> uh, because because of my amplifiability, uh, I take I take additional energy damage and then can like redirect it back towards them. Oh, oh. that's fascinating. Oh. Okay. Um. Well, I rolled I rolled max, so that's an additional four points. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Well, there goes my stamina. Uh. Yeah, I don't necessarily know if the taking extra damage at level one is, the, is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's probably something. not. <laughs> and yet here we are. Especially since I don't think any of us are healers. May- oh, maybe Miss Fanny. I got a lot of serums. I've got serums. I bankrupt myself buying serums. <laughs> What type of it? Is it like electricity or? Yeah, it's it's electricity. So what the what the drift leech has essentially done is it's taken some of the power that it has siphoned from the ship and lobbed it at you. <gasps> oh, it's spitting. It's food. What horrible table matters. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that you know Saren gets hit, you know, right like right on the shoulder, and the energy just leeches into into your crystal lattice. It moves down your arm, right around the fingertips. Sparkling lights. I was double checking the stats here. It's super gross. It's actually energy infused mucus. Oh yeah, isn't that gross? It's disgusting. (laughs) Abby's like, I love it. It's really exciting for me. I'm having a great time. These things are these things are gross. Okay, but that is going to do it. That is the end of its turn. Successfully uh, getting mucus all over Saren. It's Miss Fanny's turn now. What's Miss Fanny want to do? How rude. Miss Fanny's going to shuffle over with a little clank, clank with their little abuelita shuffle on the hole. (laughs) Two arms reaching into one of their little bags and the other with their azimuth laser pistol and like a deer do some covering fire for sweet Saren. And what'll that'll do is after I hit AC 15 is give you a plus two on your AC against the next attack from a creature in your line of effect. So that would be that gross little thing that spit at you. 
Thank you, Miss Fanny. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Miss Fanny, is that the end of your turn? Uh, that's the end of my turn, yeah. Incredible. All right, we're on to Drift Leech number four. Who shall this one spit mucus at? <laughs> Shudder. Ballad is moving around the most, and I think the one that it can probably sense the best from its current position. Seems legit. Yeah. I don't know. This seems like you might be able to dodge it, though. It uh, it fires a ball of electricity-fueled mucus at you for a seven against EAC. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. So that goes just harmlessly flying past. This leech was so into feasting upon the electricity of the ship that it's uh, it's a little it's a little woozy. It's a little unsteady on its tail. <laughs> <laughs> body oh, body <laughs> anyway so it uh, it flings a ball of electric goo over your shoulder to just continue out into the drift moving forever perhaps until it I don't know <laughs> strikes another ship that's traveling through the drift somewhere else I like to think that's how these things propagate is they spew that stuff out and it has little eggs in it. Maybe. And when it hits another ship, it will start to to grow them. Disgusting. I love it. That is now, that's officially the canon for this story. (laughs) So if you think about it, every time you dodge out of the way, you're actually really hurting the other things in the universe. And I really want the four of you to take that to heart. Oh, great. Yeah. Uh. Okay, um, that's the end of that Drift Leech's turn. Saren, the electric goo did hit you. It did hit me, in fact. What do you want to do about it? First off, Saren will just say over the comms, Jambot, play battle music, playlist number one. <laughs> and What genre of battle music is on playlist number one so that Dustin can make sure to like really nail it i don't know my gut goes with best metal you know yes like some best metal driving like yes. rock no lyrics of course but no <laughs> just heavy guitar riffs and lots of drums yeah but instrumental vesk metal is what you're looking for future <laughs> dustin when you're scoring this episode saren will will then as a swift action is going to extend the crystal lance, taking the energy and forming it into this long sword made out of your own crystals and tromp across the side of the ship and is going to to swing at the one that that attacked. So cool. cool. So cool. (laughs) Is it a bad idea? Yes. Am I going to do it anyway? Absolutely. It's such a stupid idea, but it's so cool. (laughs) That means it's the right call. Right call. This one one needs to go into dice shale. It's been rolling poorly, so I'm going to choose a different one for this roll. Tell me, does a 19 hit? (sighs) No. Oh man, it does. Okay, that was, it does. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, I was like, wait a minute. I'm completely. I'm oh, really 100. I was kidding. like, um, let's get it back into the ship. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just die out here. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that uh, that hits. Good job, Heidi. What's it hit Kay. for? Uh, so that hit, uh, you know, sending that energy right back down is going to hit for eight points of damage. She mm. slashes into this thing. <laughs> This thing, you, your slash as you come forward with this just sick lance that you made out of your arm. Metal is the perfect musical accompaniment 
to Saren's battle tactics. Uh, <laughs> it comes in and you pretty much scrape this thing off the hull and fling it back out into the drift. And stay out there. Yes. <laughs> yep. You just whipped it right off there. It's, hey, you know what? It's almost like you've done this before. <laughs> almost. And that was max damage, too, because, you know, a D3 plus one and then the four extra from the the energy that she was hit with. These are little squishy guys, so they don't have a lot of hit points. That was a one shot. One shot kill. It doesn't make any noise because it can't. But you see it like wriggling harder as it just continues to move through vacuum, unanchored to anything. And it hadn't sucked up enough energy to actually be able to propel itself anywhere. So it's gone. Good job. That's uh, that's going to do it for you, though, I imagine. Yeah? Yep. That That is my entire turn. Okay. We move on now to Drift Leech number three, hanging out up on the top of the hull, or what passes for the top of anything out in space, and starts scrunching and scooting down the hull. It targets Miss Fanny this time, because why not? I want to I wanna make sure that I'm taking shots of e- at each of you. All right, all right. Equal opportunity. Brace yourself. (gasps) (laughs) And you want to be able to hit someone. I I do want to be able to hit someone. That's true. That's, you know, Jess, I'm trying, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make it sound good for story reasons. (laughs) Uh, How's a 12 do against your EAC? Nope. You need a 15. Dang. Oh, wow. You have high EAC. What are you wearing? I'm wearing the Edge Corp standard utility overalls. Me too, but mine's not that good. Oh, I'm wearing the edge hard suit. My dex is 18, so it comes from having, uh, you know, soft cartilage body. <laughs> Miss Fanny's limber. That helps. <laughs> she does. She does hot yoga in the morning. <laughs> and man, is it hot! <laughs> I just imagined this like short, forearmed old lady just, you know, matrixing. Oh yes, <laughs> out of the way of this like mucus electricity blast from this worm creature. And yeah, you dodge extremely successfully. Ah, uh, fresh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're finally uh, we're finally on Friday, Francisco. So Friday looks at all these worms and you know, you vomits get off my damn ship, and he casts junk shard right in front of the one that is directly above him. When he fires using his tin gun, he shoots the bullet right in front of the creature so that when the pierces the veil, the junk flies into the creature because you were all moving at speed. So, uh, and uh, let me roll that damage <laughs> with your junk. You and your junk. I need a reflex save. Yep. 22. Wow. So they will be taking half damage, and I rolled a six, a five, and a four for 15 total. So half of that will be seven points of damage. (laughs) You smush it flat against the hull with just the junk that you slammed into it. I imagine this purple stain just smears across the hull. Oh, that's going to be a mess to clean. These things, they're on your ship. They're spreading gross stains all over it while you and your crew work to pry these pests off of it. And with that, we move on to one such creature. It was the one that Ballad hit 
in the first place, little monster. <laughs> You'll notice that this the little guy does not try to attack you. Instead, it gives a little shiver and you notice that the slash that you made along its side begins to knit itself closed. Ooh, I hate these things. It starts to knit closed, but it's not it's not quite there. That is what it's got. Wasted a turn doing that, which means it's probably gonna die next round because Ballad's gonna kill it. Okay, you know, there's no need to be mean to me. I'm not being mean to you, I'm being mean to the little ring. Nope. Ring I'm taking it personally. I'm taking it personally. <laughs> it's personal offense to me. <laughs> me, Abby. Me, Abby. <laughs> All of a sudden, they have the advanced template on them. Some very tough chitinous material just begins to grow all over their bodies. They now each have an AC of 21. Oh, <laughs> Hooray. I can only hit that with a nat 20. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a real tough battle. You will die. So it heals himself and looks like it's rearing back to strike at Ballad, whose turn it is. She clicks her tongue. I always forget to say this at the beginning of my turns. I'm supposed to, at the beginning of battle, state what my attunement is. Still getting used to playing a Solarian, so mea culpa on that one. But I, I was photon attuned, and okay. I'm going to stay photon attuned and uh, increase my attunement there. So I imagine this is somewhat of a, a very subtle bright glow that surrounds Ballad when she is photon attuned versus graviton attuned. It just gets a little teensy bit stronger all around her. Meanwhile, I'm going to once again just whip my solar weapon into this fool. He's ticking me off. I whip my chain back and forth. Yeah, I really do. Oh, well, guess who got a nat 20? I hate you so much. (laughs) Do you? Yes, fine. No, Wait I don't. I love you so much. I, I can't I can't help myself, but I am annoyed. Wing wong. Pull a critical hit card, Dustin. Gory. The target is Ooh. sickened for 1d6 rounds. Fortitude negates. I don't know how much that's going to matter. I mean, I did, I did 13 points of damage. This thing is dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. There's, um, there's another purple stain on the hull of your ship, Friday. The blade just slices through it straight down the center too. Ballad's really flexing how much she is trained to uh, have full command over this chain whip, which is a very difficult thing to use and like <laughs> uses it the just the sharp tip to slice straight through this thing. Um, yeah. really, really showing off like it's a perfect cut down the center vertically not horizontally (laughs) i imagine that they must feel somewhat unburdened because they were able to share at least part of their history with the rest of the crew earlier today so there's a i'm sure there's an element of actually being able to show off your full range of skill and not having (laughs) to um, hamstring yourself during fights so that you don't give anything away yeah, watch me, watch me be a badass. And also, uh, here comes like I, the the sort of space gangster side of her has not come out at all, but it most certainly is there. <laughs> um, she's just had to keep that very much bottled up, so she may get a little nasty during these battles. And yeah, speaking of which, she steps up to this other leech here and is giving it a dirty, dirty glare. 
a, nice. a gleeful dirty glare ready to slice that one in half on her next turn. <laughs> dirty, worm. dirty worm. Dirty <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, Drift Leech number one placed up at the very top, the tippy top of Calamity's hull. Starts scooching down. It's going to scrunch as close as it can, and then it's going to attach its gross, leechy mouth to the hull of the ship and keep sucking energy to prepare for a mucus glob. We are back to the top of the order with the first drift leech. Yeah, and uh, you're all still not quite in range. So that's going to be the end of its turn, too. Miss Fanny. Oh, Miss Fanny uh, will continue looking after all her little goslings. So is going to level their pistol to the one closest ballad and provide some more covering fire. Suppressing fire! <laughs> uh, once again, so that will grant ballad plus two armor against the one directly in front of them. Ooh. And Miss Fanny is no stranger to combat, so will strategically place themselves between by moving clunk, clunk, clunk back. So they uh, have equal access to both the captain and Saren in case they have to administer a quick serum. And that's <laughs> Miss Fanny's turn. Nice. Nice. Okay, Miss Fanny, well done. I really approve of your use of that turn. Because <laughs> I'm still alive! Saren, do what you're going to do. Well, if you approved of Miss Fanny's turn, you're definitely going to approve of, of Saren's. Love because <laughs> Saren is uh, out of range and doesn't have uh, a ranged weapon drawn anyway. And she's got that badass lance. Yeah. I'm still worried about getting close to these things, though. The only reason I did was because I took that extra damage and wanted to deal it right back. So just tromp along the side of the ship. I know Miss Fanny had moved a little bit closer. Just I want to say something to Saren as a free action. I think you would see that Ballad is now glowing with a ton of light. And you've probably seen her do this before. When she is glowing like that, she can unleash a big old burst of energy. And she gives Saren a look. Saren, I'm going to use my burst. Don't get too close. All right, I'll stay away. Thank you for the warning. <laughs> Come stay away. Come stay away. Come stay um, away from me. Saren is going to to tromp and change your perspective along the edge of the ship. And rather than get up, a cl- up close and personal with these... Uh, do you know what? You know what? I, why not? Why not? She's going to just... Do it. She's going to like get up there next yes. to this thing and... Uh, and it's gonna it's gonna swing that crystal lance this again. Uh, I may have rolled a natural oh. one on the die. Oh, yes! oh, pull me a crit fail, Dustin. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Oops! As you are swinging, you lose a grip on the weapon, juggle it around trying to catch it with a comical look on your face, then drop it. You look up to see your opponent trying to cover a laugh. Drop weapon. As as you're rearing back with your amazing crystal lance that grows from your very arm itself. You so efficiently and effectively scraped the first leech off the side of the hull. You're a little overconfident going in for leech number two because you charged this thing. 
And you're just like, yeah. and you bring back your lance and you swing it towards the leech. And instead of hitting it, it gets caught in the hull of the ship because you are on you are on this little section of it that has bumpier plating. It's where the Edgecorp logo is. And there's just a lot more to just get snagged on. So uh, your effort is aborted and you are actually uh, stuck and are going to have to spend an action getting your lance out of the ship's hull on your next turn. Oh, no. Nice one. Oh, sir. Teehee. That was really funny. (laughs) I'm sorry, Captain. I didn't mean to scratch Calamity. I just think you need to add it to your repair list. <laughs> All right. I do love the image, though, especially after the story that we just heard of Friday going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> my baby. He's like, you'll be docked appropriately, <laughs> partner. Partner. You'll be docked appropriately there, Saren. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ballad is in front of the leech that has its its turn now just right there no right right where it can bite you and that's exactly what it's going to do it rears back on its disgusting wormy body and lunges forward with just its circular maw with its rows of sharp teeth at your leg don't forget your armor's plus two higher against that specific combatant it doesn't matter anyway it doesn't make it that was a 10. Oh, so definitely not. That wouldn't have hit. Yep. So it lunges, misses. And that's uh, that's the end of his turn. Cool. Friday. Okay. Uh, I need you to roll a reflex save there, ma'am. Nope. I won't. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I think I won't. So, so I. Uh, how about uh, how about this? How about I just don't do that? <laughs> <gasps> Never mind. How about I do do that? Aww. Nat twenty. Oh balls. Well, it's a shame because I believe uh, with a fourteen and half a damage is seven. So does the thing still survive? No. No, it doesn't. If only, if only it had multi-classed into rogue and was able to take evasion. <laughs> uh, this one, this one's for Saren. Uh, Saren, right in front of you, you see a bunch of junk form around the, the worm as it disconnects it from the ship, and the junk just flies off into space. Ha 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 ha! I wasted a natural twenty on a reflex save for a creature with six hit points. <laughs> I am, I am furious. I am furious at the dice gods that they would let me down so. That ends Friday's turn. Beautiful. All right. Well, good for you. It's Ballad's turn now. Ballad is glowing, just absolutely glowing with cosmic energy. And uh, she will accept an attack of opportunity as she grins and um, clomps very confidently a spot basically centered between the two remaining leeches and she puts her hands out on either side of her and then just a huge burst of energy flows out of her uh, and over both of them and it's cosmic fire washing over them but first do go ahead with your attack of opportunity because maybe you'll crit and then (laughs) that would be hilarious I wasted my crit on my reflex save so (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that's a three on the die. Ow, so too bad. Yeah, no, that's not going to work. Yeah. yeah, she just very easily slips by your little lychee. Um, and okay, so I deal 2d6 of fire damage. I need you to make me a reflex save for both of them. It's not very high, so you'll probably take half damage, but... <laughs> I mean, it doesn't... I mean, as we've seen, <laughs> taking half damage doesn't save me. <laughs> it probably won't in this case. <laughs> One of them probably <laughs> makes it with a 19. Yes. And the other, a 10? That will not make it, thankfully. Yeah, I didn't figure. I didn't figure. After Ballad just skirts past that leech, uh, who does not get its attack of opportunity on her, she stands between the two of them, puts her arms up at both, and grins with like a, a that little tooth-bearing grin, and just unleashes a blast of fire all around her. It's like <laughs> licking at your face, Friday and Saren. It's not quite reaching you, but it's this huge blast of fire and all around her. And it's going to do 12 points of damage to the leech that did not pass. <laughs> it's a save, so it just completely incinerates it. And then the second one is going to take six. <laughs> Which is all of its hit points, so... No, my beautiful worms! My beautiful leeches! No! You have defeated all six of the drift worms. Congratulations! <laughs> oh, what a worm. Friday yells out, uh, great job, everyone. But, uh, Ballad, you're going to be the scorched stains off the ship. He looks over and Aww. there's just like this big giant scorch on the whole side. <laughs> yep. Damn. <laughs> that was so cool. Saren calls out, if there's any damage, you'll be docked appropriately. <laughs> no, we all laugh. <laughs> <laughs> You've all gotten the orientation. You know how it goes. Saren takes a second to like plant uh, your boot firmly against the, the, the hull of the ship and just like wrenches the, the lance out and then just retracts it. Yeah, um, I guess I'll be out here cleaning all of this up. Ugh. There's like... I guess uh, probably a lot of the purple splotches that were in the area around me are now just scorched away <laughs> because I unleashed a column of cosmic fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's one way to do it. Miss <laughs> Fanny, uh, why don't we go in and check the consoles and make sure everything's up to snuff. Uh, Ballad, I believe you have a... Sarah, and you have a, a cut in the hole that needs to be repaired, and, and Ballad, you know what you need to do. Aye, aye. Did we win? Miss Fanny's been, from your perspective, upside down, so out of sight of everything. <laughs> what I was imagining, I was imagining she, like, pushed off, they pushed off the ship and are just kind of, like, floating in a fun little ball. Oh, <laughs> we. <laughs> <laughs> Did we win? <laughs> As they orient themselves, like right back uh, to the. <laughs> oh. You successfully dealt with this hazard all in a day's work for Edgecorp cargo haulers. <laughs> Able to go ahead and ballad. You spend some time out there buffing, buffing that ship back up to its usual standards. Captain Friday's exacting specifications. Uh, the rest of you go back inside and although well, no, Saren stays behind because she has a hole she has a hole. oh right Saren has a hole to patch okay Friday and Miss Fanny go back inside 
and uh, Saren and Ballad repair the damage they did to the ship while they were extracting drift leeches. What's a sensor scan roll again? It's a computer's check. If you just want to scan the area. Okay, 19. Yeah, just to double check. Yeah, what are you ch- What are you checking for? Anything in particular? Or are you just seeing if anything? Just in general, if anything's In out? general, it's like, are we in a clear... I Miss Fanny doesn't want to let her guard down. If it's, you know, this is the first wave. Is there a hidden one? You know, like in the Aliens movie, there's always that last sure. one hanging out on the ship. It's like, yeah. yeah how yeah. did it get there? We saw it. There was no way it could get on the ship, but it's always on the <laughs> damn ship. Well, Miss really Fanny's smart ready. of you to do the check. <laughs> Like you will, you would not be the horror character who got killed on the bridge after thinking everything's fine. <laughs> There's nothing, but it was still smart Ooh. to check. The only thing that you could potentially sense is receding fast out there in the drift. One little drift leech that was flicked off the hall by Saren <laughs> so expertly with Jerlance. <laughs> but. It is no longer a threat to you. It is going to keep going until it hits something else or it dies. You're in great shape. All right. Uh, yeah. So you arrive at Absalom Station. You <laughs> arrive at Absalom Station at 1300, fifth day, 24 Rova. Absalom Station. This is designation. Calamity requesting a vector for approach and docking procedures. Over and out. <laughs> You've called into the Edgecorp docking bay and Edgecorp traffic control tells you that you are clear to come in to arm for docking bay 24. As you're coming in, uh, any of you want to want to give Tarika a ring to let her know that you've arrived? I'll, I'll give Tarika a ring. Tarika, it's Friday. We're just about to ride to Absalon Station. You got any good news for us? Maybe some jobs? Yeah, you were able. You were able to. You were able to get her. You, she pops up in front of you on your hollow screen. She's in her Edgecorp cubicle where she works, scattered with a bunch of papers, just pictures uh, tacked to the walls, including one that Saren, if you're on the bridge, you recognize on the back wall as your friend Shen, who uh, is also Tarika's daughter, whom you've worked with previously. Well, that was fast. I didn't expect to hear from y'all for another, well, at least like four days. (laughs) How'd it go? How was the drop-off? Well, we got a little bit of trouble. We didn't get get full value for our uh, cargo, so I'm hoping you might have some jobs so we can make up the difference. What kind of trouble? Well, the uh, person we were supposed to deliver the Yara Bears to uh, was not, not around. It looks like her business was taken over by somebody who uh, edged out the market and was only going to give us half of what the the price of uh, the Yara Berries were worth. We were able to scrape together a little bit more, but not much. Uh, so, yeah. We're in, a, we're in a little heap of trouble. So Kiski wasn't there? Kiski was not there. Kiski had gone on vacation, and uh, Friday does the parentheses. It was taken over oh. by uh, the Golden League, it looks like. Well, no room for family businesses anymore, I guess. Unless you're in that family. <laughs> Certain kind of One family. of those. You know, the usual yeah. is the poor get squeezed <laughs> out in the opportunity. <sighs> well, let's focus on what matters, okay? Uh, getting y'all a high-paying gig to make sure 
that you can can squeeze in under the company's t- deadline. You don't you don't have a lot of time Friday. You can if you can get this done fast enough and with a little luck with with how things are in the drift, you you might be able to get your payment in before anybody asks too many questions. I can stall things here on my end for at least a couple of days. Yeah, I have to say you are about the most beautiful Bernari there is to me right now. <laughs> Stop. Oh, <laughs> you. <laughs> Always such a charmer, Friday. But I'm serious. You got a good crew. This isn't on you. Corporations are expanding so fast. In the one day on your travel in between Casterville and Akaton, your local buyer getting bought out. Whatever else may have happened to her. God, I need to check in on her. That's not your fault. We need we need to make sure that that you know you're you're as taken care of as you can be. To that end, I've got just the thing. Uh, came in not long ago. In fact, well, it's not perfect. It'll do the trick though, as far as a fast, high paying job. It's a, a drow calling himself Lord Sinjin is shipping guns from Apostate to a planet in near space. I guess the Gitteron Authority is is trying to settle a world called Voxa, and the local miners are, well, turning it into into more of a problem than than they figured that they have. The job itself is simple enough. You just go to Apiste and meet with Sinjin's agent at a place called Lamashtu's Lair, where you'll pick up the cargo. And then you take it to a Gitteron military outpost on Voxa and, and collect your payment. And if you can, if you can get this done fast enough with a little luck out in the drift, you might be able to make it in on time. If this is obviously a, uh, a no questions asked kind of job, you know the type. Is this call happening over, like, is this something that's happening just in Friday's ear or can we all hear the call? I think looking at Absalon Station coming in is one of those sites that just never gets old. <laughs> yeah. Especially after five days seeing signs of civilization, just probably nice. So I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if you all are in the f- cabin. Yeah, I'd say you all hear it. Ballad is very still other than this and is just standing casually nearby, uh, but her mouth visibly twitches and she taps her palm quickly and raises her mask and then walks out of the room. <laughs> Well, Tarika, this hopefully will get us where we need to be. So, yeah, let's send me the information and we'll, we'll, uh, I don't even think we need to dock. I think we just need to start heading back out. Okay. Um, do you have any, do you have any other questions you want about the, you want about the job? I mean, I, I don't have a lot of information, but it's this, this isn't, this isn't really a standard job Friday. Any details about the location or the folks will be doing business with um tarika uh this isn't about the job but have you heard from shan in a while i haven't spoken to her in some time and i'm hoping she's okay oh that's really that's so sweet of you to to ask after her um she's been she's been asking if i'd seen anything of you recently and i've been telling her that you've been you know going around doing jobs with your fine with your fine crew last i heard she was she was doing all right she's still on entha it's hard work as you well know she was well the last time i was able to talk to her i'll tell her wanted to know about her thank you tarika i appreciate it tell her to send me a message sometime i have i will if you want to get on this you think you can turn it around and you're willing to kind of accept a uh Sorry, a more, more questionable job than I'm usually able to give you, and I am sorry for that. Resupply and, and head on out, and I'll, 
I hope the job goes well. I'll forward you all the information, all the details that you need. I appreciate it, Tarika, and uh, thank you for finding this. Yeah, I, I understand it's probably a little dangerous or a little more different than what we're used to taking, but I got my mama to think about, so so we're gonna we're gonna get going. Yeah, like okay, well, safe travels. Happy trails. Take care now, hon. And we can't make without breaking a few. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Incredible. Thank you for that. Uh, so, almost as soon as you had arrived at Absalom Station, you are now, you know, you get in, you resupply, you make any larger repairs to calamity that need to be made that uh, couldn't have been done in the drift itself. And you are now heading away. The station recedes this big, uh, beautiful wonder of technology with this mysterious star stone at the base that just spike of metal extending down into space, rising all the way to these spines around the ring, and then a large dome filled with greenery and parklands. And uh, the the station itself is roughly the size of a planet, but it quickly fades into the background as you once again enter the drift and head for whatever dangers await you on Apostay. As we're flying away, Ballad approaches everyone when it's meal time and she looks very tense and she says I have something really important to tell you Far Beyond the Stars is a Fantastic Worlds production thank you so much for listening to the show if you can't get enough of our crew we also produce a second show the Fantastic Worlds podcast based on the Reign of Winter adventure path for Pathfinder 1E We also recommend connecting with our fantastic community on Discord and Reddit or following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can find links to access all of those on our website, fantasticworldspod.com. If you would like to support us, consider joining our Patreon by going to fantasticworlds.cash where you can get access to behind-the-scenes content for all of our shows and a whole extra Pathfinder podcast produced exclusively for our Patreon subscribers. I am Abby, your galactic mistress, and you can find me at Bonanza Famine on Instagram or Twitter. I'm Heidi, Saren, the crystal <laughs> bean. You can find me at Vamahelion, uh, that's V-A-M-I-H-I-L-I-O-N, on Twitter. This is Angel, uh, your favorite pilot. Uh, you could reach me at Espinoza916. This is Jess, now a column of uh, Cosmic Fire, you can find me at Hank the Clank. This is your good old space cowboy, Dustin. You can reach me at Dustin Alexander. If you enjoy the show, please do us a favor. Help us spread the words to friends and family that you think might also enjoy us. We'll see you next time, far beyond the stars. Pew! Far Beyond the Stars is a Fantastic Worlds production and an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. The Starfinder Adventure Path Fly Free or Die is a trademark of Paizo, copyright 2020. All Paizo content is used with permission.